Continuing our series, and we have already defined the 14 practical definitions of wisdom. Today, I'm going to share on the second part of the entire series, and I call this one the seven types of wisdom necessary for success and greatness in life. The seven types of wisdom necessary for success and greatness in life amen the seven types of wisdom necessary for success and greatness in life can i start wisdom number one wisdom number one write it down is conscience 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 into bracket right moral wisdom conscience is moral wisdom okay do you know that nations make laws to regulate the behavior of their citizens in ghana there are laws that's why you cannot go and build your house in the middle of the road without laws one big guy in the area will just decide that he's going to build his house in the middle of the sprinters road he doesn't care where you pass to go to work he'll just place it there you can't challenge him but there are laws if he puts it there it can be broken there are laws in this country that's why you cannot just kill anybody if you kill the law will deal with you. There are laws in this country. That's why you cannot take things that does not belong to you. If you take somebody's thing that does not belong to you, you will be dealt with. And the purpose of laws is to regulate the behaviors of people. Parents make rules to control the behaviors of their children. Companies establish values to regulate the behaviors of their staff. Professional bodies established code of ethics to control and to regulate the behaviors of their members guess what god gave us conscience so that we can regulate our behavior god gave us conscience so that we can regulate our own behavior when no one is watching amen so god gave us conscience to regulate our own behavior when no one is watching first kings chapter 3 the verses 7, 8, and 9. 1 Kings chapter 3, the verses 7, 8, and 9. Now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of my father David. But I am only a little child and do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen. A great people, too numerous to count or number. So, now hear this, hear this. This is where the definition of conscience is. So, give your servant a discerning heart. 
people and to distinguish and to distinguish between right and wrong. Who is able to govern this great people of yours? Solomon's definition of conscience. Solomon's definition of conscience is a discerning heart that is able to distinguish between what is right and what is wrong. You know wrong is wrong? Right is right. People of good conscience, moral wisdom gives you the discerning heart to make a choice between what is wrong and what is right. When husbands lack moral wisdom conscience they commit adultery when politicians lack moral wisdom they commit corruption when wives lack moral wisdom they commit adultery it is lack of moral wisdom that will let someone take gun and enter into somebody's house and rob lack of moral wisdom it is lack of moral wisdom that will let a son rebel against a father it is lack of moral wisdom that will let an old man look at a child and sleep with. Then they describe it as a psychological problem. It is not, it is lack of moral wisdom. Every day you watch TV and you listen to the radio, you see people who are morally foolish displaying their foolishness. It is lack of moral wisdom that will let a pastor give false prophecies and ask you to pay money for it. It is lack of moral wisdom. Anytime you come to that place where you cannot make a clear distinction between what is wrong and what is right, and you do not have the courage to choose what is right, you are lacking moral wisdom. You know, you come to that place where where you want to do something and something is telling you that's what we say something was telling me not to do it something was telling me not to do it that thing that was telling you not to do it is called conscience conscience it is god's own moral rules moral law that he placed in a man so that we have no excuse for what we do amen Samson lacked moral wisdom. That is why he slept with prostitutes and slept with anything in skirt. And that was why his ministry ended the way it ended. Joseph had moral wisdom and that was why he was ready to go to prison for doing the right thing. Amen. There are six types of conscience in the Bible Six types of conscience in the Bible. And I want us to look at it. Number one is the pure conscience. Pure conscience. Pure conscience. First Timothy 3 and the verse 9. First Timothy 3 and the verse 9. First Timothy 3 and the verse 9. Can I read it? I'm reading from the King James Version this morning. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. Holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. So pure conscience is living a morally upright life on biblical principles. Living a morally upright life on biblical principles. 
In this case, the Holy Ghost is alive in you. And the Holy Ghost continuously convicts you of sin. Number two is what we call good conscience. Good conscience. Also reading from King James Version. As chapter 23 and the verse 1. As 23 and the verse 1. And Paul earnestly beholding the council said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Good conscience is living a morally upright life on good human principles, such as cultural values, such as upbringing, such as professional ethics, such as national laws. So pure conscience is based on biblical principles. Good conscience is based on human principles. Good human principles. So there are things you do today that is not because it's in the Bible, but because you were taught by your parents at home. You were taught by elderly people. You grew up in a culture. You know that even unbelievers in Ghana will not tolerate homosexuals. In, in our system, because our cultural values do not allow that. When we started making the case against homosexuals, I was surprised to hear some people who were making a case against homosexuals. I said, this person, the person has, grew, has grown up in a culture, and that culture followed up the person develop what we call good conscience. But there are still people who live without good conscience. People who didn't have the chance to be raised by good parents at home. People who didn't have the chance to live in a very good cultural environment. Yesterday in the afternoon, I went out with my daughter. We were driving through a, a particular community. And I said, Daddy, this place, is, it looks like hardcore people live here. I said, how do you know? He said, look at them. They are there walking bare chested. Look at that person. Look at what he's doing. Look at this person. Look at what he's doing. So, you know, you can grow up in a community where you will not even have cultural values that can help you develop good conscience. And that's why when you come to churches like this, you must submit yourself to be tutored and to be helped become a good person. Amen. Okay. Number three, the third conscience is called evil conscience. Evil conscience. Evil conscience. Okay. Can I go on? Hebrews chapter 10 and the verse 22, reading from the King James Version. Hebrews 10 and the verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Evil conscience is highly immoral behaviors based on ungodliness. Evil conscience, highly immoral behaviors based on ungodliness, such as armed robbery, murders, fighting with bottles and knives, breaking bottles and say, if you come, I would I will remove your intestine. Why would let a man decide that I would I would I would I will remove the intestine? Of a fellow man. Now, when we talk about armed robberies and murders, your mind will not go there. You immediately, your mind will go somewhere else. But I'm bringing it closer to you. What will make a man 
fight with his own friend. Do you know that even brothers can fight and attempt to kill each other? I grew up in a house in the Braca. There was never a week that cousins, brothers, and sisters, uncles, there was never a week where blood was not spilled in that house. They would fight. Somebody, one day I saw something, I panicked. An elderly cousin was talking to a junior cousin. And it's decided exchanging words, got into heated argument. The junior cousin suddenly used the head to hit the face of the senior cousin. His teeth, boom, coming up. Then the senior cousin went to the room, came out and asked, said, today I will kill you. Then the junior cousin also went inside the room and brought other cutlass. He said, if you like, come. Started screaming. Hey, other men came in and separated them. If it's not evil conscience, what will make you, what will make you decide that I'm going to bat somebody with my head and remove his teeth and if you attempt to do anything, I will kill the person here. Evil conscience. I've been reading on the internet and in newspapers how men jilted by their girlfriends will go and get acid and lay ambush and when these women are passing they will throw the acid on them and disfigure them evil conscience where i grew up people used to fight and say i will give you a mark so immediately start arguing say i will give you a mark evil conscience so anytime anytime you see your behavior is driven by ungodliness ungodliness you have entered into the realms of what evil consciousness you have no guilt about what you do you are ready to kill you don't care amen number four is defiled conscience defiled conscience defiled conscience titles 115 from the king james version titles 115 from the king james version Unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. To the pure, all things are pure. But to the one whose conscience is defiled, there is nothing pure. Do you know if I see Reverend Ophir here driving his car without his wife, but another sister in this church, in his car front, and he's driving, and they are going, my first reaction will not be, hey, is he cheating on the wife? My first reaction will be, oh, Reverend Ophir, there he cares so. He might have lifted this sister by the roadside, and he might be even be dropping the sister in their office or at home. But to those whose conscience are defiled, they will say, hey! So it's not only us, oh. The men of God also do it. <laughs> are you understanding me? It's not only us, oh. The men of God also do it because their conscience is defiled. Everything is evil. Everything. You know, to those whose conscience are defiled, when they are in the church and we are raising funds, they are going to chop the money. Because they will chop it. 
If they were the one raising it, they would chop it. It's like a taxi driver buying a taxi and giving it to another taxi driver. You have no excuse. If your car tight get bust, you must fix it and bring there because they know how they can lie. Are you understand what I'm talking about? To the pure, all things are pure. But to the man with a defiled conscience, he's always suspicious of others. One in close church and one sister is laughing with her brother. Say, hey, they are all fornicators. Because for him, for him, laughing with another sister means that I want you. They will never laugh with a sister they don't want to sleep with. To them, love is not agape. Love is erotic. The only love they understand is erotic love. Are, are you understanding me? So they cannot appreciate agape love. They cannot appreciate the fact that we can close church today and somebody can lay hands on a sister's neck and walk outside. They will say, yeah. They will monitor them. They are going to fornicate. They are going to fornicate. They are going to fornicate. I can understand what I'm saying. Because their conscience is defiled. And so to them, everything in their mind, they think evil of everybody. They think evil, even if Christ comes today and we are all embracing each other and Christ goes to embrace their wives. They will say, Charlie, Jesus this morning took some percentages from my wife. <laughs> he got some carrot from my wife. Because to them, when they're embracing somebody else's wife, they have evil motive. They will embrace hard. And even they will embrace for the woman to know that I'm sending signals to you. If we're a weak woman, come follow me. You understand? When we say, let's shake hands, they're shaking hands. They'll be itching, they'll be scratching women's palms. You understand? So when they see that you are shaking their wife's hands and you're not leaving it as fast as you should, they'll think that. So after service, they'll go home and say, eh. That man, why was he holding your hand like that? He was scratching your hands, eh? Was scratching the palm of your hands, eh? Because their conscience are defiled. Am I speaking? Okay. Number five. Number five. Weak conscience. Weak conscience. Weak conscience. First Corinthians 8 and the verse 12. First Corinthians 8 and the verse 12. 1 Corinthians 8 and the verse 12. But when ye sin so against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, ye sin against God. See, people with weak conscience are people who have not yet been able to take a moral stand. Talk about homosexuality. They are listening to people's arguments to see who has a better argument so that I can choose. Talk about fornication. They are in the middle. They, they cannot take a stand and say that this is what I believe in and this is what I think is right. You ask them about divorce, they are there. You ask them about pain of tithes, they are in the middle. You ask them about, about adultery, they are in the middle. Should you cheat on your wife? If she's a troublesome wife. Should you cheat on a wayward wife? Because a wayward wife cheated on you. So should you also cheat on a wayward wife? You need to have a stand that no matter what you did to me, I will not go your way. Several years ago, I was amazed and surprised when I was, I was a young pastor and I was going to visit some church members around Kaneshi behind uh, Accra Academy. So these two ladies walking before me and I was behind them. They were chatting. 
Then I heard the other lady telling the friend that the husband cheated on her. And she's going to make sure that the husband's close friend will sleep with her. Just to punish the husband. See, she has a weak conscience. People with weak conscience, they can easily be convinced. They can easily be convinced. They they are not stable in their thinking. They don't have strong convictions about things. I've been born again for 31 years. Born again, Peru. For 31 years. Born again. And I'm not vacillated because I've made up my mind that I want to save him and him forever. From the age of 14, when I said, Lord, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. And he entered. I said, this is what I want to do with my life. And I want to do it. I'm not like the mixed multitude among the Jews who said when the going was getting tough in the wilderness, they said that if we were in Egypt by now, we would have been eating concubines and garlics and onions. Can you imagine when you were slaves in the world, in Egypt, now you are free and you are thinking about food. And there are people like that. They are in the kingdom, but they are thinking about the world. Oh, Charlie, I remember during those days, Cleopatra, Helon, Black Caesar Palace. Charlie, that was then, oh, Charlie, that was life. We wish to enjoy. Charlie, we have left things, so we have left things to be in the Lord. We have left things. You, you left what? Cleopatra and Black Caesar and Helon. So you have people like that, they come to the kingdom. And then me pay mini. So look at the way I'm suffering today. Oh, I used to have this sugar that year. Kai. Sunday evenings. It would take me to then there you know Continental Hotel. Uh, Sunday evenings. It's not today that I'm here and nobody is taking me out and I'm sitting here. But you know, you know, we love the Lord. Oh, oh. you are already thinking about the concubines and the galleys and the onions you were eating in the world. You are remembering the word with fond, fond memories of your sins. And I was talking to one of my sons, whom I spoke with, and he's not doing 419 again. The last time we were chatting, and he said, <laughs> Daddy, we have left things. I said, son, what did you, what did you leave? You haven't left anything. So we were doctors, and they left practicing medicine. and started serving God in a wooden structure in the classroom. And their friends' doctors were laughing at them. They have left something. But you, for one, is a profession. <laughs> if you are killing people and getting their money, and you left, it's not a celebration. You have left nothing. You stop sinning. And when you stop sinning, it's not something to say that because I stopped sinning, God must do something for me because I've stopped sinning. If you like, continue to sin and go to hell. The grace to stop sinning. You should be thanking God. That what people are struggling to stop. I, I've gotten the grace to stop. So God, I am thanking you. <laughs> you. You understand? Oh my God. The final one is seared conscience. First Timothy 4 verse 2. I'm reading from the King James Version. First Timothy 4 verse 2. I'm reading from the King James Version. First Timothy 4 verse 2. I'm reading from the King James Version. Okay. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Hey, this is where when you get to the Holy Ghost cannot even convict you of sin. How much more your pastor? When you have a seared conscience, like this message I'm preaching right now, eh? 
was it down there judging me you have to oh don't mind him we, we can't stop these things so the man the, the, he, he hasn't seen what we have seen he hasn't seen what we have seen <laughs> jesus didn't see internet but his message his sermons are still relevant you understand he didn't see computer did he but his message is so relevant i don't have to see what you have seen to make sense to you do you know people can stay in church and you preach all the messages and others will be changing they will never change because they have seared conscience immediately they sit down in church they close their ears whatever you say they don't like it it will not touch them it will not enter into their head the holy ghost cannot even convict them anymore when you come to that place of having a seared conscience you cannot repent of your sins because you cannot be convicted by anybody if Jesus comes to even say that in the next seven days he's coming and seven ways to enter heaven and he teaches all, you would even argue with two or three of the ways. You say, no, 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 no. This one, there, I, don't, I, don't, I don't accept. I you understand what I'm talking about? This one, there, I don't accept. This one, there, I won't do it. This one, there, I can't do it. You know, there's some people who believe that some weakness they have is a professional weakness. They can't stop it. This one, I don't think I can stop. I wanted to stop with my girlfriend. But I have struggled, sir. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure I can stop it. This one, I'm not sure. So you are come to I'll do everything. But that one, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. Somebody's husband I'm patient with, but I'm not sure. I, I just love the man. Even when I decide I won't, I won't go out with the man. When I see that man, there's something is doing me. You understand? Something is doing me. So I would, I would still go out with that man. I can't stop. You are coming to that point of seared consciousness. May the Lord help us. Put your two hands on your head. Begin to pray that, Lord, give me pure conscience. Give me pure conscience. Give me good conscience. Pray right now and ask the Lord that let this word spoken by a servant penetrate your life and give you good conscience and seared conscience and give you good conscience and pure conscience. Pray that let every seared conscience be dealt with by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we just want to thank you for the word. We give you all glory. We give you all power. We give you all adorations. We thank you. Let your word have a desired impact in our lives. In Jesus' name. We're grateful for tuning in to the Pleasant Word Broadcast with Bishop Gideon Titi Ofer. Brought to you by The Pleasant Place, the church with pleasant people. Dial 0264-133-333. 0264-133-333. For more information.